Hello and a warm welcome to the Tour Ireland Outdoors podcast. In this episode we caught up with Samuel Chestnut, the director of Eden Gate Travel and Enjoy the Morns. As ever, all links are in the bio or the description for this podcast and you can find out more information by going to the Facebook and Instagram pages which are also linked in the description for this podcast. So, without further ado, we welcome Samuel Chestnut to the podcast. Enjoy. Hello, um, Tommy and Philip. Yes, I'm Samuel Chestnut from Edengate Travel and Enjoy the Mornings. Local man down here, Cranfield, Kilkeel, County Down, Northern Ireland. That's my location. We are in the most southerly point of the north of Ireland. Um, that's our claim to fame in this part of the world, and that's who I am. If anyone hasn't been there, it's the most beautiful part. <laughs> It really is. Um, just on the shores of Carlingford Loch. Um, you can easily see why the Normans settled down around there in, in, in Greencastle and all those areas. It's, it's amazing. The views, Absolutely. views are just stunning. There's, it, yeah. It's hard to... You got Troy said a visual here. You've got the backdrop of the mountains, the Moran Mountains behind you, and then the Irish Sea and to your left and Carlingford Loch to your right. Just, just, just and the Hobbeline Lighthouse right in the middle. That's that's a beautiful beautiful spot. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yes, my my grandfather started the the caravan park out there no in way. the 1950s. It was a actually it was a bit of an entrepreneur there. For a, part of the the park um, is built on the old airdrome. So when the US came over and they they took local land to build the air, the airdrome and they they married, the Marines would have landed there and then flew off to bomb Germany. Um, so they took part of my grandfather's land and whenever it was given back, most of the local farmers broke up the runway and built the um, the stone walls that are unique to this particular part of Northern Ireland because they're built from an own airdrome. But my grandfather, a um, bit of an entrepreneur, um, decided to, we've already made platform for a caravan site. And so that formed part of the oh. beginnings of the, the caravan site that we <laughs> that our family were involved in. And my father and uncle and then my, my brother and cousins are now the generation that run that. But my business is, is not one a part of that. We're an offshoot and independent of that. But um, certainly the caravans put me through university and fed me and clothed me. So you, you've, but you've grown up in tourism. That's, that's what you've grown up with. <laughs> no, nothing but tourism and people coming down, the wee day trippers and off they go again. Yeah, so we're very familiar with, with those guys. <laughs> Oh, excellent! I I come from a similar, similar kind of tourism background. But you grew up with it; it's in you. It does. It gets in you. And meeting the people and it just becomes part of you, doesn't it? Yeah, Philip, is that that's not an um, that's not a Northern Irish accent. Where about are you from? I I'm originally from Wicklow, a place called Glendalough. Oh, right. It kind of leaks leaks in quite nicely to what we're going to talk about. Mm. But, uh, yeah, Glendalough. Is, it's um, a beautiful six, spot. Six, Tommy, it's a sixth-century monastic settlement founded by a Saint Saint Kevin. Mm. Uh, it used to be one of there used to be seven different sites. I know Santiago in and Rome and Jerusalem, and then there was Glendalough. So it was, it was as religious sites came. It was it was quite quite well up there. You know, it was one of these places you were supposed to visit at some point during your life and Christian journey. Mm. journey. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Kevin liked the birds, didn't he? He did. He did. 
the birds that fly i'm talking yes about. yes yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he he did um he also was quite famous that he didn't like people we so <laughs> were that too yes he was a hermit yes he, he wasn't quite fond of the fact that he had many followers so uh he he dug himself out his little hole in the side of the cliff glendalock as um, we would know as a, as a spink, the cliff. And he dug out this little hole where you have to literally crawl on your hands and knees to get out to it. Mm. There was only enough room in this hole for him to, to lie himself. It's known as St. Kevin's Bed. It's, huh. it's quite a bit away from the monastic settlement and it's not accessible anymore. A lot of the cliff has fallen away. But the hole, the hole is still there. I wondered if they have any back problems. <laughs> lying on that bed would not have been good for you that's it that's it um yeah but yeah i'm, I'm, I'm lucky to come from like yourself samuel a, a very beautiful place a different mm. beauty but still a beauty all the same mm-hmm. which is um you know ireland has so many beautiful locations but different locations as well mm. uh, you know from the sea to the to the lakes and the mountains and and it's, and it's all accessible, Philip. The w- one thing I love about Irish tourism is from Dublin or from Shannon or from Belfast, you're you're pretty much immediately into an area of outstanding natural beauty very, very quickly. You land, you get out there, and as I said, everything's very accessible. Coastline, mountains, culture, food, it's all there, which is really to your advantage if you're doing a touring company. Yeah, um, and you do, you kind of, well, I know myself when I'm planning our multi-day tours, you, you kind of, you do that in mind that you don't have that two, three hour on a bus. It's an hour and a, an hour and a half maximum yeah. between locations. And it, it's just, we, we don't realize what we have in that regard. Like, um, mm. Like we do have we do have some key locations like the Giants Causeway and Killarney and and uh, you know the Cliffs of Moher and I've could name a few others but you know around those locations there's so much like if you go down to the Cliffs of Moher Cliffs of Moher are stunning but all you need to do is come back maybe mm. twenty minutes from the Cliffs of Moher into the into the the burning landscape yeah. it's just it's it's actually it's so unique. There's plants that go in the burn that don't grow anywhere else in the world. There's these little beautiful little flowers, and, mm. and I always, I always have to stress to the people, don't please don't pick the flower because ah. it won't last. It'll 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 die within twenty minutes. So and they're, it's quite a special landscape to burn. That's just yeah. one example. Like we, you can go from where Samuel lives there in Cranfield, and. As we, when we were with um, James last week, he just took us 20 minutes and we went from one complete different landscape to another. And there's so many pockets of that around Ireland. Yeah. Uh, the difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that must be so satisfying in taking people to places and just seeing them going, wow, yeah. not wanting to leave. That must just be so, must feel so satisfying. The, the best, and I'm sure Samuel, you think this is the same, the best feeling you get is when a customer is, has been with you before mm. and comes back. You know, that's the best feeling you get as a, as a someone that provides a hospitality service. 
it's the best feeling you get is when someone comes back to you. It's mm-hmm. the, it's the, yeah. the yeah. yeah, my experience has been um, in that sort of like the first exposure to the country or a beautiful vista. Um, like we grew up with it, Philip. So yeah. we, you know, Shakespeare says familiarity breeds contempt. You know, you're so familiar with something you don't actually notice it. But um, when I, one of the best things that ever happened to me was Sarah Porter, my wife. Um, she was an American girl. Um, and when she came over um, and started living in Ireland, she was like, oh my goodness, look at this, look at that. And she was discovering things for the first time. And I was discovering them afresh through her eyes. Um, and, you know what? I always knew this was beautiful, but you are right. This is gorgeous. And that's basically where our business, the kernel of it grew from, was my wife basically saying, this is amazing. And then her friend connections of family back in the US saying, could you show us around? And we said, yeah, we'd love to. And then basically grew and birthed from there oh, yeah. um, based off that, that um, initial first exposure wow factor, Tommy, that you mentioned, that's where it came from. Brilliant. Do you want to tell us a wee bit more then? So Eden Gate, is this your main, you, you've got a few businesses then, do you? Or no? <laughs> well, um, my, main, I'm a, my main business is being a husband and a father. So that's my first protocol. Um, Sarah's my wife and I have four amazing children who, to be honest, they've been really good to be in lockdown with because Sarah is remarkably easy to live with. My four children aged nine down to three. Um, they've been a really a great blessing to, to over lockdown. Um, so that's my first protocol family. Um, and then secondly, the business, basically there's two of them. There's Eden gate, which was formed about seven years ago. And then there was enjoy the morns, which was formed seven years ago as well, but from a different person. And then we acquired that in December, 2019. And I can tell you about that story in a, in a second, but the, the, the international one, Eden gate is focused on the, the U S Canadian faith-based market, which is one of the fastest growing niches within certainly American tourism. Um, 18 million, goodness, is it 18 million to the global economy? Or No, it's 300 million to the global economy and 18 million travelers out of the US. That's a massive niche. Uh, it's an industry all, all on its own. So we initially started sort of pushing into that particular niche and saying to American churches and friends, families, and listen, if you want to come, we'll, we'd love to show you around Ireland. Um, and because of the, the immediate family connection we had there, that was an easy sell. So family members come over, people from Sarah's church come over, uh, and we gave them everything that the Americans were expecting, which was fairies, leprechauns, Guinness stew, beautiful <laughs> vistas. And then the extra thing on top of that was we plugged them into the Christian heritage story of Ireland. Um, because they were coming from a faith-based church background, they were very interested in, well, what's the Christian history of Ireland? You know, when did it start? How did it develop? And what's the current circumstances in, in Ireland faith-wise? So that that would be probably where our unique sort of um, selling point is. We will we can sell Ireland to you, but we will plug you into the, the Christian heritage story right up to today. Um, so we as a business have tried to connect them with the local churches in the denominations across the island uh, and to have our finger on the pulse of what's happening with the Presbyterians, what's happening with the Baptists, what's happening with the various different traditions in Ireland, because our clientele who are a faith-based background want to know well, what's happening in there, you know, because they, they see, they see them as kin. So we would try and connect churches with other churches in the ground. Um, so that as we do our itinerary, 
we're plugging into the local church. So they're they're getting an up-to-date story of what's happening in the church. We invite a local pastor in or a church leader who would have dinner with the group, and he would then say, well, this is what's happening in our area, um, updated in the faith. So that would be an angle that um, we have come from, and this, this really good response to it because it encourages the local community on the ground, and then the the, the clients in the U.S., go home feeling they've had a connection with local people that they've got a common connection with. So that's certainly, that's Edengate. Um, that's, our, that's our background there. Uh, I suppose we would try and encourage, if it's a faith-based market, to, to, to invite people to think about what we call a theology of travel. Um, because faith-based travel can be very broad. Some people think faith-based travel is just pilgrimage. Um, within the Catholic tradition, they come and they say mass particular sites and they explore their faith. That is a part of it, but it's much, much broader than that um, and, and can connect, can be connected to a lot of people. Um, so, I, you know, we would, we would try and invite people to think about one of the first commands in the Bible that God gave to Adam and Eve was go, go forth and multiply. In that going, there's exploration built into human DNA. We're wired to want to explore. That's one of our main things, explore. We want to explore the planet. We want to explore Ireland. Um, and that's that's human. That's, that's in our human DNA. And as you explore, what do you do? You find stuff. You find beautiful scenery. You find beautiful vistas, fantastic oceans and shores and mountains. And what do you do when you find them? You marvel. That's the middle one. To marvel at something is to stand and go, now that's breathtaking. That is beautiful. Um, and then lastly, what do you do? Well, then you naturally share it. You actually want to go out and share it with other people. You take photographs, you put it on Instagram, you bring it home, you, you share it with your family and your friends and your community. So we have tried to tap into that. Um, and certainly the faith market has responded well. You know, we're wired to explore. We marvel at things and we share it. Um, and while we, while we service the, the Christian community, we have had atheists and agnostics that come on the tour and say, we, we still want to come. We still want to explore this as well and have that dialogue and conversation. So really that's our logo there. Discover a world that is charged with the grandeur of God. And people want to exp explore locations with their faith catered for as well. Um, and when you're on tour, you have space to explore these things, have a journal, a Bible, write things down, say a few prayers. And then our role is to basically facilitate that process and help them celebrate it. So it's a lot of deep conversations and appreciation of the beautiful scenery. It's, it's fantastic. Brilliant. And there was another business as well, the In the Morns, was it? Enjoy, enjoy the Morns, yeah. Enjoy the Morns came up. Yeah, we, when we started Eden Gate about seven years ago, because I'm a local man, um, I'm a Morn man, um, we wanted to do something locally. But there was a, another young fella had started Enjoy the Morns. And I looked at that and thought, you know what? He's doing a great job. I'm going to basically respect that and stay away. So we stayed away from the Mourn market out of respect for this fella. Um, because he was doing a really good job. And I thought, you know, we're, we'll focus on the international, get the international folk to come here, and then we'll connect with him. Well, towards the end of 2019, um, we were approached and he says, would you be interested in taking us over? And I thought, well, uh, um, I've never taken over a business before. What is that? How, how do you even do that? What's that look like? So we, we worked through all those issues. And at the end of December 2019, we acquired Enjoy the Morns. It became part of the Eden Gate family. And they're two very separate businesses. One, Eden Gate very much caters for the faith-based market, whereas Enjoy the Morns isn't a faith-based company. It's a 
secular, straightforward promotion of tourism. So there's no faith angle behind the Enjoy the Morns product. Um, but talk about timing, because once we acquired Enjoy the Morns, the goal was we'll let it sit for a year. Like any good business plan is say, right, we'll observe this business in four seasons throughout the year to see how it works. And then we'll have a next steps vision business plan moving forward. <laughs> well, March 2020, what happened? The world <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> so international travel basically ground to a halt. So we had we had about 36 tours in 2019. We had peaked 2019 as our, you know, we'd grown every year to the 30, 39 tours in 2019, our best year ever. And in 2020, we were about to launch into Israel, into Italy, to Ukraine, Norway, and Turkey. That's what we were heading for in 2020. And then all of that came down to zero. Zero bookings for 2020. And one after one fell apart. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, what? How are we going to survive? But, well, I would say a higher force, God himself, was looking out for us because Enjoy the Morns was domestic and it was locally based. So then Enjoy the Morns then became the focus of what our business was. Um, and we spent 2020 building that up. And it, it's, its goal is to, to make a lot of noise, positive celebratory noise about what this location in Ireland has to offer. It's, it's, Ireland's, it's Northern Ireland's playground. You know, there's 13 different golf offerings. There's um, 13 different outdoor ex experiences. There's 507 accommodations. There is 89 coffee shops. There are um, 28 different experiences that we know of. There's 120 churches. This whole area has so much to offer. Uh, and so Enjoy the Morns tries to know every nook and cranny of what's happening in the Morns and then invite people to come in and experience the Morns locally. Now, I would love to say we are well-oiled and we have got everything sorted. We don't. We're in the process of building that up. And the pandemic has actually really helped that to force us to think about how can we best use this platform to support the Morn area? Because we know it has the largest online presence. There are about 33,000 combined you know, social media followers. We know not everybody plugs into that, but to have access to that is, is pretty significant. So we're, we're trying to work through the best way to use that on its own and plug in with Eden Gate. Well, I suppose... It Enjoy the Morns ties in well to the Eden Guide family because, well, church is all about your family and your locality mm. and your area, isn't it? So, it, you know, bringing that on board very much says a lot about yourself and your own, you know, your own background and, and your own <laughs> kind of driver, if you like, your own ambitions. And yeah, well, we think, um, like, I love the Morn area, like, I'm biased. It, it, spectacular place to live you know you've like, no matter what angle you come out the morns if you come in from castle wangle or newcastle for strever or Fryland, it's spectacular it really is um and like in morn we have like the cradle of christianity started in morn because you've got patrick not many people know this but when he came obviously he's a slave i'm not i'm talking about the second time when he came back the second time um a few sources have suggested that he landed in Carlingford first. So he would have sailed up the lock, yeah. landed in Carlingford, got some supplies, and then went up to Down Patrick and landed there and met Deku and the High King. And the story started from there. Mm -hmm. So, like, Morn is, it moves into the Down Patrick Lakeel area. So, the first church plant that happened in Ireland, 432 AD, is in our region, you yeah. know, and 
We've got all the patrician sites around there. So it's a fantastic retreat facility. Um, so if Americans or local people want to come and hang out in an area and reflect, you know, with faith or without faith, just to have a place to think and be, you know, to be reflective, it's a beautiful space to do it. And C.S. Lewis, like the man that invented the Chronicles of Narnia, and um, we know that um, Restrever is one of the places that he got his inspiration for Narnia. When he's talking to his younger brother in Alever, he says, that place in Narnia where you look down into the valley is my understanding or my idea of what Narnia looks like. Um, and we know further up the road in Murloc House is where he would have holidayed. And we know that that's one of the places where he got his inspiration for Prince Caspian's throne and for Mr. Beaver's house. But not very many people know that, but that's plugged into the Mourne region. So it's really rich from a historical Christian heritage, literature, food, which we haven't even talked about yet, and scenery and walking. My goodness, it is Northern Ireland's playing playground, definitely. I, I always point out when, when you know, when I'm abroad, uh, maybe uh, an, like an international tourism event, people ask you, because I would generally talk about all of Ireland, and people would ask you where you're from. And I would always say, um, on the morns and the reaction is like where's that and like, <laughs> oh wait till i tell you <laughs> where it is you know i i love i love telling people about the morns it's 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 unique in its way that it's still relatively untouched mm. in, in large parts and then you know some of our bigger structures are man-made as well like if you think of a heritage in terms of the reservoirs and and the Mourn wall you know mm. man-made objects but but then the, like the natural beauty that surrounds that it kind of all fits in you know um it, it really does fit in and like when you talk about saint patrick there you know you can see why he settled here didn't you? can't you you can see it <laughs> You know, um, it's just, he had that, it has that mistake and beauty about it that, you know, it's it, it's hard sometimes to find the words to put it in into, just to, just to describe the area that we... we yeah, people, when, when Americans ask me, where, where are you from, um, knowing full well, they'll not have a clue. <laughs> Mourn? Yeah. What, where's that? I My answer is, I live, I'm from Narnia. And they go, what? You're from Narnia? I said, well, yeah. <laughs> Narnia yeah. is the, Cabroni Park is one of the areas that's inspired Narnia. I'm from Narnia. And then that's a real, tell me more. <laughs> and then you jump in and you explain the connection that way. Um, Sam, I'd say if you get the chance, what sure. do you do? Do you get like, do you go for a walk? Do you go climbing? Do you do a bit of rock climbing? Do you do anything? If you get, if you get like a day off and you want to get outdoors, <gasps> you do. Day off, my goodness. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, <laughs> He's been, a, he's been a full-time teacher this last year <laughs> I, I yeah i'm a i'm in that season of life where um we have four small children um but yeah well I, yeah my days off are with them and that's a delight so family day is saturday for us we try and block off saturday and sunday and saturday's a family day we go out and do something um walk five miles within our, our area try and keep it in the there. but me personally i just love i love walking um i love hill walking i don't do it as much as i like i'd like i probably think i'm i'm more physically active than i than i actually am i've, I've convinced myself in my early 40s i am active 
but I'm not really. Uh, if I get the chance, I do a bit of cycling, a bit of walking. Uh, I used to swim. Um, I read. I enjoy reading um, Irish history books, particularly Patrick. I am a I'm a self-confessed Patrick nerd. I discovered a couple of months ago that there was an actual thing called patriciology. Okay, can I ask you a question? Then? <laughs> Where do you sit down on the school of thought? Did that? Did he come from Wales, or do you think he was more north of England, Cumbria? I, I think he was more north of England, Cumbria, and that would naturally tie into area here as well. You know, geography of that being. You know. Yeah, I probably would. Um, do you know what? Um, it's. I'm, I wouldn't be dogmatic. I, I think it lends itself to where North North England. Yeah. Because he had to be within raiding distance of <laughs> the guy when they came across. Yeah. Um, so that's where I would land. But I, yeah, I'm a Patrick nerd. I love reading Patrick books, finding out the different theories. We just recently produced a Patrick documentary, which we were a part of, and we enjoyed that. So yeah, reading um, Tommy, cycling and walking, and then being Where would you go? So, right, Samuel, day off, okay? Um, where are you going to go? There's your bike or your hiking boots. Where, where are you heading for? You going for Barony Park, Narnia. Barony Park. <laughs> I could do it. Recently, look, that's where we can go. Tollymore Forest, Kilbrony Park, Cranfield Beach, um, or Mourne Park would be the, the, the immediate go-to places. But if we had you know, more time, I love going over the border because yeah, there's so much to explore um, in, in the South because we, Northern Irish people don't, we haven't tended to go over the border. We tend to head across to Scotland or England or the, the, the continent. But I think what one of the positive kickbacks from, from lockdown is that um, and the, the, the domestic travel, the Republic of Ireland looks really attractive. And there is so much to see. Like when we first started the business seven years ago, I have been over the border a few times because you know I didn't really need to be. A few airport runs. But when we started the business, I started exploring as many parts of the island as possible. And was, I was annoyed with myself. How have I missed these beautiful spots in the south? And that's one of the incentives for everything you can get. Do you ever get down to Westport? I've been to Westport, yes, with some friends out there. Yeah, the next time you're down there, take a drive from Westport to Linan to on, on Killery Ford. Just take that drive. It's just it's out of this world. It's it's just a different place altogether. It's one of them, one of the nicest drives that you'll do on this island. Probably the closest we have to, you know, somewhere like Glencoe in Scotland or somewhere. It's probably the closest mm. we have on this island here to a drive like that. I'll, I'll do that. Mm. What about you, Philip? You're, you have a day off. What would you normally do? Me? I, I, I have been following the, the guidance in terms of COVID as strictly as one possibly, <laughs> one possibly can. Um, so I have been, I have been st- sticking local, and I am blessed here because I'm, I'm, from where I live, if I go one mile, I'm in Castle Island Park, and where if I go two miles the other way, I'm in Tollymore Park. Mm. So, and then, like, I have an endless amount of of different walks. I I I, I would set off some. Usually, I, I try to keep a routine as much as possible, even during uh, when when we were in in lockdown. In terms of, I would try to just keep the day as close to as what I would have done before. So I would always take a walk in. Uh, just maybe make them walks a bit longer, mm. but I find that you can take a six seven k walk every day and walk a completely different walk. 
Uh, sorry, did you say six, seven day walk? Okay, kilometers. Okay, sorry, right. Yeah. I, I, work day off, I, yeah. I, I always have to translate into miles. That's a week off. Yeah. Um, I thought you said six days as well. I was like, what? <laughs> kilometers. Do you want a walking company to a company <laughs> any chance? <laughs> I have something to do with that. But, um, you know, I, I, well, I, you know, in terms of walking, I, I find for me, walking is 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 a, is a, is a spiritual experience for me, especially mm. when I walk by myself, mm. or maybe with one or two others. Where you just have that time, it's a reflection, you know. Um, a yeah. lot, a lot of you, that would tie in, like you, you know, a lot of faith is reflection, mm. and I find when I'm walking is when I reflect the most on myself, mm. uh, on on maybe on things that are happening in business, but a, a tour that's coming up or way things are going or whatever i find mm. when i'm walking is when i at most at ease with with just with myself and you know that that i'm within myself then you know i'm hmm. self-focused <laughs> when i'm walking i know it's probably not the most healthiest thing to f- i don't dwell on things very often but i find if i am dwelling on something if i walk that's when i release yeah that's I release that's my that's my valve that I press. Is just that, especially if you can walk. If you have any walk among trees, I, I've read recently it's become quite a phenomenon in Germany. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> to walk, the Germans have some great words for different things. But forest bathing, they're calling it. Yes, there's something. There's what? But yeah, forest bathing. Where you forest bathing? Yes, yes. I haven't heard of this. Take, it's basically you, Germans have some great words for different things, and, and you, that's that's the closest of of that German word. That's the closest translation we have is for so you swim among the trees. Take now, Tommy, just to say you don't put your speedos on and start doing oh, a breath okay. call in the on the forest floor. That's not yeah. what we're talking about. I was getting the, the images in my head there, like <laughs> well, if, if you think yeah. about it, there's there is some logic in it. Like a, a tree is a living organism, which gives off something. And um, you know we can, we can we can take something from that. You know yeah. I don't, we don't mean we have to hug every tree. Or, <laughs> there is an energy from a tree, and, and I can see why people would 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 take that. You know that kind of. There is there is a power in the trees, isn't there? Well, certainly from a from a faith perspective in the in the Bible, and Psalm nineteen talks about the way in which the Creator God of the Bible communicates to to humanity is one through his word, the written Bible, the written word, and two through creation. And right. it actually mentions that the, the heavens declare the glory of God. And it talks about the trees and the metaphor is they're clapping, but basically all creation and the Bible when it's open are, are shouting out together in a celebratory way that God is God and he is worth celebrating. So whenever humanity or human beings go for walks in nature, it's, it's almost the default position of, creation is to reflect and sing the creator's praises and so when human beings walk in a forest and they reflect on creation trees scripture that is a very 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 core basic human thing to do and that can be a very spiritual experience one of the most I, well, I tend to, when i when i all lay some i tend to go a little bit off well not off the beaten track but uh, I love to. I love history and and mm. better history than than religious history in in, in some regard. And one of the, 
most special place I think I've ever been is the Church of St. Catherine at the base mm. of Mount Sinai in, um, in, in Egypt, in, on the Sinai Peninsula mm. of Egypt. And one of the greatest experiences, I think, of a most memorable one, was getting to touch the burning bush there, the <laughs> rows and grounds of St. Catherine. Uh, and it just it brought back all you know, the, the, the stories of St. Catherine, and, and I get the same sort of experience when a few times I've been to, to Israel from around, around Jerusalem, you know. Mm. That's stories we grew up with, you know, with the stories of, of, of Jesus and the Sea of Galilee and, 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 and Moses and, and the burning bush and the, and the writing of the Ten Commandments. They're, mm. they're all the stories we grew up with. Uh, it may have been through a sort of a, you know, even a subconscious we took them into her, into her being. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, the, it's just, you go to those places and you get that kind of sense. And, and I'm sure when people, I have probably something similar when people travel from the from the US or Canada that have Irish heritage or uh, um, from an Ulster Scotch background that they kind of there's something about that when they get here that you know I, I belong here you know this is some this is part of me you know and you do sometimes get that sense from people when when they arrive here that you know that they almost feel like they belong even though they've probably never been here before in their lives or you know. Yeah, I, I, I've come across that many a time. I do feel that um, people have a connection here because of either history, probably because of the warmth of the people. You know, I, I you know, the Irish were voted um, one of the most top friendly nations in the world by a US poll. And also the, the just by a little side bit of information, the Northern Irish accent was voted one of the most sexiest romantic accents for U.S. people to listen to, so that's right. <laughs> goodness, you know, <laughs> what 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 Northern Irish accent in particular? Oh, oh had oh, the, the Morns definitely had to be. The <laughs> so we hope that you enjoy listening to our sexy accents. There, our officially sexy accents, and don't forget, as ever, to check out the links that we have posted and connected to this podcast. Also, check out Facebook, Instagram for some of the amazing photos and videos that uh, we discover along the way. Also, just like to give another big thanks to Samuel Chestnut for coming on the podcast. And hopefully we will be able to meet up in person at some point in the near future as things begin to lift. And wherever you are in time, uh, we hope that you are well and take care. Thanks a million, Samuel. I appreciate your your time and your input, and it's been very interesting. Maybe sometimes you got a little bit off topic, and <laughs> it's always it's it's always interesting to talk to you, Samuel. Every time I meet you, it's always interesting. And I I do believe that people that travel with Edengate are going to get an amazing experience and really get to explore and and marvel. And, and as you share, say, share their experience with you, and, and and you're lucky to be able to share it with them. So best well, of luck. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Hopefully this isn't our, our one and done. We, sh- we can maybe meet again and have another conversation and we update because I've really enjoyed the conversation and who knows, we could maybe be going on a joint tour in the future. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a million. Thanks. Bye-bye.